Hey, I'm Erin Bridgman, a money mindset and management coach for the creative entrepreneur. I'm the girl behind the wealthy woman movement that's reaching thousands and expanding each and every month. And I'm so glad you've decided to join this community too. Welcome to the Wealthy Woman Podcast for creative female entrepreneurs looking to get strategic with their money. I believe that wealthy women will change the world. And in this podcast, we include money-related mindset and management tips and practical business advice you can apply right away. No fluff here. It's time to take action. Let me shoot it to you straight. Talking about money is like talking about sex. It's vulnerable and uncomfortable, but so necessary. And that's why I've created a judgment-free zone where women like you can trade the shame and money skeletons in your closet with empowerment and confidence that helps you master your money. I'm both the creative and the nerd, the no bullshit friend and your hype girl. And I'm excited to be your guide on your money journey. All your dreams are tied to money. So it's time to get that money working for you so you can make your dreams a reality together. Your business should be the catalyst to living your dream life. So don't let your money be the obstacle. Grab your notebook and your favorite drink and let's dive in. Hello, wealthy women. Welcome to another episode of the Wealthy Woman Podcast. I'm really excited to have Whitney Kay on the show. Welcome, Whitney. Hello. I'm so happy to be here and have this conversation with you. I'm excited too. And we were kind of, before we started recording, we were like, what? We kind of have an outline and a script and we're like, well, what do we want to talk about? So we're going to maybe go rogue with this conversation. I know that Whitney's incredibly successful with marketing. She runs an agency, she runs all these different things. And so we're going to talk about personal branding and social media, but I really want us to be able to dive into your unique story around um, your money journey and how you've grown your business. And I think that'll be really helpful for our audience. But before we do all that, will you just share a little bit, Whitney, about you? Where do you live personally, a little bit about you? And then tell us like high level about your business a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So I currently live in Dallas, Texas. I'm originally from Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, I'm a mom, I'm a wife. Um, I'm a multifaceted entrepreneur. And I now have an agency, a brand and marketing agency that really helps and works with female entrepreneurs on scaling digital brands by implementing high converting strategies for their business. And what's funny is I'm literally going through a complete rebrand because I went to trademark my name. This could be a whole nother conversation. Went to trademark my business name, found out that it would just be better if I completely rebranded. So I'm completely rebranding. I'm transitioning in business, same purpose, same goal, same drive, same mission, actually a little bit of a curve in mission, but same business, just different name and different look. So I'm excited about that. Um, I have been an entrepreneur now for, oh my gosh, I'm going to date. I'm going to age myself 15 years. It's I'm as, I'm as old in my business as I, as my son, his age. So I have been an entrepreneur for 15 years, but not very successful in all of those years. So we'll get into that here in a minute. But um, my agency, I it's my baby. It's my bread and butter. It's everything I love, branding, social media, marketing, sales, everything. So I'm excited to talk about this. Ooh, this is going to be so fun. And you guys know already listening, 15 years as an entrepreneur, and obviously we're going to get to get in that story and learn some really practical things as well. So let's just dive in and uh, let's press play on where we, our conversation was 
And thank you for being so willing to be honest and like vulnerable with your story. But yeah, will you just like take us back to the beginning and oh gosh. Well, first of all, can we just like rewind to 15 years as an entrepreneur? Like, I don't know why, but that makes me feel so old, but I'm not old. Okay. So anyways, I just had to get over that little hurdle for a second. Cause once that came out of my mouth, I was like, <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Okay. So back to the beginning, I'm going to try and fast track this because it can, it can be a minute. So I let's go back to like high school, college real quick, because I was always the type of person that just did not take direction well from people. I always knew internally that I was just my own, I was my own boss. I didn't like listening to people. I didn't like being told what to do. I could carry a job. I could have managers and stuff like that. It's just, it irked me. Like I want to do this myself. So I think Early on, I was always trying to find ways to become an entrepreneur, opening up Etsy stores, making jewelry, doing things left and right. Like I was doing all these random things. But deep down, I've always had a passion for graphic design and branding. That's what I went to. That's what I dabbled in in high school. Then I went to college and dabbled in electronic media and communications and animation and graphic design and so on and so forth. And that fast forwarded into me getting a job as a marketing coordinator for a regional um, company up in like Ohio, Indiana, and Michigan. And I was a marketing coordinator doing events and all that jazz. Well, I had one particular event. It was when the Cincinnati Reds clinched their division title years ago. If you want to Google it, you can find, find out when that was. And there was an event at a club called Mint Martini. And that was a club that I was a marketing coordinator with my other marketing coordinator, Jen. We put on this event, long story short, the event ended up on Good Morning America. My boss was like, oh my gosh, we got global exposure. You got Mint on Good Morning America. This is just insanity. This is so awesome. And I remember sitting at the bar the next day with my friend, Chris, and he said to me, and it's funny because my husband's name is Chris, but not that Chris, my friend, Chris. And he said to me, Whitney, you're so good at this. Like, why don't you just start your own business? And I'm a very impulsive person sometimes. Like when I'm like, oh, that's good. I like just go, I run. So that next day I called my friend that was a lawyer and said, I need to open up an LLC. And it was going to be event planning and like marketing company. I think that's what it was. It was called Bella V events. And oh my gosh, this is so funny. Cause I'm like taking myself back, started that quit my marketing coordinator job. Okay. And real, and I was like, Oh, this is going to take off. It didn't at all. I did not have the clientele. I mean, I had the connections from my job, but they didn't follow me. Like I realized I love attending events. I don't like organizing them. Like, what was I thinking? But I loved the branding, the marketing, the like the creating the graphic designs for the print materials or, you know, the t-shirts and everything that went along with getting the word out about events. Fast forward, had a kid. I was married during this time. Um, I jumped into network marketing because I just needed that supplemental income. I was a failure in network marketing for over eight years, um, went through a divorce, and that's what brought me down here to Texas. When I moved to Texas, I didn't have any friends, any family, but I was a part of the Mary Kay network marketing um, business, and their headquarters is here in Dallas. So when I thought of, I'm going through a huge life change, divorce, I need to get the hell out of here. Where do I go? Dallas was like the only thing on my mind because I'd been coming down here with Mary Kay. Came down here. 
And I was like, okay, I'm going to bring my Bella V business with me. You know, I'm going to bring it down here with me. I'm going to try to get it started up down here, but we're going to pivot a little bit. It's going to be more like social media, marketing, all kind of digital. And back then it was kind of, I don't want to say it was new because social media wasn't new, but it was like new in regards to doing business online. Like now it's like so common. Everybody's doing business online, but back then it was new. So I just didn't know what I was doing. Really. I was just going through this whole transition in life. And I really think I had to find myself first in order to be successful. So within my first four years here, I found myself in 17, well, more than $17,000 worth of debt, but I say 17 because that's a perfect number, but it was more than that. Um, $17,000 worth of debt and homeless because the person I was living with at that time ended up, we kept moving apartments and I trusted this person and I didn't know why we kept moving, but it was just like, I'm always up for change. Would come to find out that we were not paying rent. I was paying this person my portion of rent. They were never paying the actual rent. So we were always moving before the apartment would officially evict us. Well, I had three eviction notices from previous apartments come after me on top of being in debt. So I couldn't get an apartment anywhere. I was homeless and I was in a city with no family. It was just a huge, like total mind, you know what? Um, and it just really consumed me. So I moved in with a friend who barely knew me, but she was in the network marketing industry. God love the sisters and the friends you make in that type of industry. She's like, come stay with me. I have a spare bedroom. And that's what I did. I stayed with her and fast forward 10 months later, I had no other decision than to realize that what I had been doing <laughs> is not working. And there's a reason I have been consistently um, failing over and over again, year after year after year, something had to change. And I knew that it had to be me. And so I had to put my head down and get to work. And fast forward, I knew that 10 months, or I didn't know in 10 months this would happen, but in 10 months, I leveraged the network marketing industry. Because if you do it right and you do it the right way and not a spammy way, you can make some really good income. The income is real people. I will say that, but you have to put, you have to put your feet on the ground and you got to go to work. So that's what I did and hit the top 2% of a company was making five plus figures a month in my network marketing business. And I still have it today, not with Mary Kay, whole nother company. Um, but yeah, that's what dug me out and fast forward agency, all of that kind of just snowballed. And here we are today. So thank you for being so honest and raw about your story. Like, you know, I love when people are just like, it wasn't always as successful as it is now. And sometimes it feels like when we're on this side of the mic, it's like, well, they must have it together. They're podcasting. They have a show. She's on the show. Right. And it's like, actually, let's just be real about (laughs) the pain that we find ourselves like having walked through to get where we're at now. And so like, you are a woman who is literally in 17 plus thousand dollars of debt, homeless, and you changed the trajectory of your life, of your business. And so will you share a little bit about what changed in you? I know you said that you had to be the one that changed. So what what changed for you that you're like, this is how I turned it around. This is how it became really successful and aligned for me. Yeah, I think one of my biggest things, if you, if you paid attention to what I said at the very beginning, I was never somebody that took direction well from others. I would take it, 
but I didn't take it very well, right? And I think that was the biggest hurdle and still one I have to continue working with today because with 15 years of experience and going through what I've gone through, even today, I feel like I know me better. I know certain situations better than others. And this is just me being fully transparent. So when somebody that comes in and says, hey, why don't you try it this way? It's the pride in me that I have to be humble and be like, okay, maybe I don't know the best way. Let me open up and try this person's way. So let's backtrack again. One of the things that I had to do was humble down and really like be okay with taking direction and leadership from people that in network marketing at that time, in business at that time, they had proven success. Hell, I had eight years of unproven success. What was I thinking I knew? Clearly nothing, nothing was working. So I had to literally completely shift my mindset and basically look at myself in the mirror and say, you don't know shit, excuse my language, but that's what I had to say to myself. And I had to just say, like, tell me, where do I need to go? I was a complete like open book as far as just fuel me with information. Tell me what I need to do. You tell me ABC, I'm going to go do A, B, and C. You tell me D, E, F, I'm going to go do D, E, F. I don't care what it is. Jump, I'll jump. Okay. Because I was just at that bottom point of my life where I didn't want to be here anymore. And I think when you get in that position and it's like a dog eat dog world type scenario where it's just like, I got, I got to go. I got to figure my way out you're going to figure it out. And I think that was the biggest lesson was humbling down and realizing that I don't know everything and that entrepreneurship is 100% consistent, persistent education and learning always. It never stops. The moment you stop educating yourself and learning is the moment that you're literally retiring from your career as an entrepreneur in my personal opinion. I love it. We should always be lifelong learners. And I love your just, <laughs> I got humble. I humbled down and I realized I had things to learn and that was the pivoting moment, you know, and learning from those that are more advanced and have had proven success. I think that's a lesson we can all right learn from. So Let's learn from you a little bit. And now what, now fast forward, brag on yourself a little bit. Like, what is it? Like, what is the ins and outs of your business now? Like, what do you do for people? And I want to get into your expertise uh, for our listeners after yeah. a bit more. So, you know, there's two parts to kind of what I do. So we have the agency side, the agency side does pretty much all the like the back end stuff. So like website design, brand development, logo design, marketing materials, email marketing, like all of the things that you could think of an agency doing. Then you've got the Whitney K, the Whitney K behind the agency. And I am the coach. So me personally, I run um, a monthly membership, which is my business savvy university. And then I have my higher level, higher tier mastermind for those that are more seasoned or really ready to really up-level their business. And one of the things that I really specialize in, and one of the things that most people come to me for is strategy. I have 
built my business on a budget. Y'all, I was in debt. This girl needed to find a way, even though I ended up making money in 10 months, when I made the money, I wanted to save the money. Okay. I had already lost it all before. I wasn't going to lose it again. So like, I know how to work a business on a budget. Okay. But at the same time, knowing how to invest your money into your business in the right areas, like you will see so many marketing companies tell you, oh, you need to run ads. You need to run ads. Okay, that does work. I'm not going to discount that. We do run ads for you know many of our clients. But if you're a newer entrepreneur, that is not where I'm going to tell you to invest your money out the gate. That is the last place you're going to invest your money, especially if you're trying to develop a personal brand and you don't even have the social media status or digital footprint of like, nobody even knows who you are. Running ads isn't going to mean anything. So I strategize with entrepreneurs, specifically female coaches and service-based entrepreneurs on what do I have in place in my business? What am I lacking? What can we implement to simplify the entire process, but strategically move you forward? So you're scaling your business and your brand globally. That is, that is what I love to do. And that's kind of what I specialize in and community building. I've scaled pretty large communities specifically on Facebook. So a lot of people do come to me about how do I, how do I manage a community? How do I scale a community? It's a lot of work. It's work, but it's fun. I love it. Well, this is going to be a fun conversation. I'd love for us to talk a little bit. I mean, about growing and scaling in the present, in the now. We know that even like social media and Instagram is ever changing and Instagram just shut down for a lot of people. And oh, there's just so many things. So as somebody who is a strategist, as a marketer who helps people grow this global recognition, like what am I trying to say? Recognition, recognized brand. Yeah. (laughs) Hello words. Um, you know, what are some things, cause even me, like personally in my business right now, like I've been in this for five years, Instagram grew for me very quickly at the beginning. I I'm like, what the heck happened to Instagram for me? I'm being so consistent with reels, with stories, and I'm not even getting like very many views. Like, it's just crazy to me. So as you're like coaching me or coaching someone like me, like what are some of the like here and now things that you're seeing in marketing that's really helping people grow? Yeah. I mean, it's such a hard question because it really honestly comes down to the audience. Okay. Our audience is on every single platform. You know, I I hear people say, oh, you need to just need to be on Instagram or everybody needs to be on TikTok. It doesn't, you don't have to be everywhere. Okay. You can, that's awesome. But like if Instagram's your jam or Facebook's your jam, and that's where you're producing and generating great content and growing a following and community, like stick to it, stick to it. So that's the first thing is like, this is, it's different for everybody, but understanding your audience and how you can communicate them, communicate to them. Number one, number two is that just, okay. A lot of us are following the vanity metrics as far as the numbers. Me personally, I just a couple months ago deleted over 2000 followers on Instagram just because they were people that didn't fit my customer avatar. They were bogus accounts, um, spam accounts. We just, I had my team go through and just wipe people out. My engagement has significantly dropped since then. I've had reels go over a million views, over hundreds of thousands of views back in the day. 
Now, if you go to my last 20 reels, I'm barely crawling over 1200 views. Okay. So numbers to me has never meant anything. It's the conversion that means everything. Okay. I don't care if you have 500 followers, you could have a higher engagement rate than somebody with 200,000 followers and your conversion rate could be a lot higher. Brands, when we're talking about like brand collaborations and what bigger brands are looking for as far as connecting with influencers, these mega influencers, they're not really being as sought out anymore or much more so than the smaller influencers because the smaller influencers are the people with the tighter knit community, the more engaged the community. So I think for anybody that's trying to build a brand when it comes to marketing online, understand your audience, number one. Number two, when you understand your audience, you know how to communicate to your audience. Some people are video. Some people like blogs. Some people like email newsletters. Like understand what it is that your audience connects to most and produce that content and continue to consistently produce that content and get really good at doing it. Podcasts, that's another form of content that people connect really well with. Um, and then lastly is don't worry about the numbers. It's so hard to say that, but don't worry about the numbers. Like if you have like right now, if you have 4,000 followers, is every 4,000 follower paying you $1 a month? If they're not, that's your goal. Try to get every single follower to pay you $1 a month. And then that's residual income. Once you can get that to happen, another 5,000 followers is going to matter. It's going to be great. But if you can't even get that to happen yet, another 5,000 followers isn't going to mean anything. So I would just say focus on those things and you will continue to grow in the right place with the right people. I love that. Yeah. I think that, you know, so many of us do get caught up in like, how many followers do we have? How many likes do we have? How many of all that? But it really matters like about your engagement and ultimately your conversion. So what have you seen, especially for like in the coaching world and stuff, where have people found a lot of success when it comes to conversion? So we're handing out great content. We're engaging consistently with our audiences. Um, how are you seeing that happen in this day and age when it moves to conversion? Yeah. So this is something that I don't think is discussed a lot about, but it is at the same time. Um, I have a lot of coaches and stuff that I follow and that are in my personal group of people online. So I see them doing it. But if you're somebody that's like trying to grow a business, you're not really thinking about this, or you might not see this talked about a lot. And that is number one, community building, but events, a lot of our social media. So Every single post that we post is like putting a billboard up on the side of the highway. How many times have you driven down a normal highway in your city and there's billboard after billboard after billboard? How many times have you, I knew me in my, however old I am, we don't need to put that out there in my 30 something years old. <laughs> I have never called a number on a billboard ever, ever in my life. The only billboards that attract me are like, Cirque du Soleil is coming to town or your local zoo is putting on their Christmas holiday event or something like that might attract me. I have never called a number or made any type of leap in regards to some billboard advertisement. That's not to say that social media doesn't do that, but we have to think of our content in that way that we're posting. And then the next day it's a new post and a new post and a new post. People aren't going to engage all the time. And when they do, it's after multiple, multiple exposures. 
So the goal should be getting people off the platform and into a community. Communities can be built in Facebook groups, Mighty Networks, and Telegram, on um, Discord. I mean, there's so many different places that people are building communities. Email marketing, you can build a community. Um, but then hosting monthly, quarterly events via Zoom, getting people in to where they can get an in-live real experience with you. Um, I like group experiences over one-on-one -on -one because if I was doing one-on-one -on -one consultations every single day, I would have no time to do anything. It, I would just be constantly meeting with people. But if I can say, hey, I'm going to be hosting, you know, a one-hour masterclass this month, later this month, come join. And I get 75 people to jump in, even 20, let's say even 10, I get 10 people to jump in. And then at the end, I pitch, you know, what I do for my agency and as a coach and three of those convert, that's a better conversion than I'm hoping for by just posting on Instagram or Facebook every day and just getting a couple likes with no conversion. So I, I would that. say events and community for sure. And that's, that's such my heartbeat too, being highly relational. I want people to like, I want to connect with people. I want them to feel my energy. I feel the transformation. I love that. Um, so in regards to that, like the community events, stuff like that, I know there's like different methodologies. Do you love going the paid route where people have to pay for the workshop or do you like the free workshop model or webinar or whatever? So that's a really good question. It depends on what the content is. So more often than not, let me say this, I will go free because I believe that you can never, like I could give you every little bit of my strategy, but it's the, I always tell people that I'm coaching this and social media, you always give the what, like this is what you should do. Like, this is the strategy. This is, you know, you want to do email marketing. You want to have, you know, seven emails in your first welcome email sequence. It's the how that they pay you for. So it's like, but how do I do this? Like, well, how do I write it to where it connects with my following? Like, how do I know what time to send these emails off? Or how do I know how to implement, you know, an if or then scenario in my email marketing? I'm just giving that as an example. It's the the answers to the how questions that you charge for. So as far as what they can do, you know, and all of that, you can't give too much information away. So I'm okay with free events. I might do paid events if I'm having guest speakers. Um, so like if I have some high level guest speakers coming in just to compensate them for their, their time a little bit, even if they're like, no, it's no big deal even if I send them like 50 bucks or 75 bucks just for coming, um, I might do like a nominal fee of like five or 10 bucks for the event, because if you can get people to pay, they attend more, you know, if it's free, people say they're coming and then they just never come. That's exactly. So as we're strategizing, I love, it's like an inside conversation here, but as we're strategizing and I am like, I want to do more of the community building and just serving people. My marketing team and I are talking about like, do we do paid? Do we do free? And my point of creating what I would like a paid workshop isn't so that I make a ton of money on that, but it's so that people are invested and actually attend. And also thinking about, well, what people are going to then continue on to work with me is stronger if they're paying for the workshop is my thinking. But what do you think? Well, 
there, I'll give you a little inside strategy and there's a whole process. There's going to be a lot of, well, how do I do this questions? And this is something that my mentor has coached me on doing. And there's, there's a couple of things with this. If you're going to do paid, you can have more frequent events. So like me, I was doing monthly free masterclasses, just one hour Zoom call. And I was doing them once a month. I have realized personally by going through that experience that monthly free events is too frequent. If I'm going to do a free event, I'm going to just do it quarterly because it's, it's the scarcity, right? There's very few events. So people are like, oh, I got to come or I got to wait a whole nother three months to get to the next one. So if you're going to do free, I personally would recommend quarterly. If you're going to do paid, you can do that more frequently because it's paid and whatever, you can do it more frequently. The best way with both types of events to get the best outcome is to have what my mentor, Adam, has always said, and it's having basically a gatekeeper. And the gatekeeper is having a pre-interview process to pre-qualify attendees before you register them to your event. So that can be done a whole bunch of different ways. Again, that comes into strategy and different methods of how you right. can have that done. And that's something that I can coach on and help people with, but too much to go into now. But if you can pre-qualify your attendees by having a virtual assistant help you, a sales team help you, you personally do it um, by setting Zoom calls, like 15-minute Zoom calls or something like that, then or a questionnaire or form, whatever you want to do, that will help you increase your attendance rate and guarantee that the people that are showing up to your event are the ideal people intended for your event. So I know that people listening are like jiving with this or loving this. Like, yes, Whitney, I love it. But what if people are feeling like I have very small audience? Like, how am I going to even have enough people sign up for a paid workshop, let alone now I'm qualifying them to come? What have you seen be successful there? So we have had like really like people with no following, like brand new spanking new, even Instagram accounts, TikTok accounts and stuff like that. Like, and they're launching a whole new product. We have a client right now that they were literally launching November 1st, but we had to push it out till spring because things just didn't align. But our previous client did launch October. I think they launched it at the 1st of October and they had very little following and stuff like that. So as far as network, don't worry about that because you can always scale. The way we scaled and got the word out organically without paid ads was what, what's trending right now? What's the hottest form of content? It's video. It's short form video, reels, okay? That's where you're going to get reach as far as hit the masses. Um, it's the posts and the carousels that are going to connect and nurture your current following and audience. So we amped up video content, we amped up reels, we amped up guest appearances on podcasts, like any free type of marketing outlet or platform that we could plug our clients into, or even if it was me, but if even if it's you, if you're sitting there like, I don't have a huge following, there are ways that you can organically position yourself online to get the word out. Now, is that going to guarantee results? No, it's not going to guarantee results. But the more you continuously do this, like my first event is a flop. Hell, I had an event two months ago. I had two people show up, two. And it wasn't my, I mean, it was my fault. Uh, I'm just going to be honest. It was my fault. I slacked on the marketing end. I really did. It was like last minute push. I failed. 
Um, but this happens. It's like, don't beat yourself up. This happens, but two people, if I could close two people at a 10 K offer, that's 20 K I just made. It didn't happen, but I'm just saying if I, if I was more on it, like think about these situations in all these different ways. Um, it can happen. So don't let the numbers again, frighten you from staying stagnant in your business. Just take action, learn from what, you know, happened, whether it's great or not great and pivot and readjust and apply to the next time. I love it. If you were to zoom out in your 15 years, right, you've done this for 15 years. And so you've had the opportunity, like when social media wasn't barely even being used for business to now where it's completely saturated, all this, what would you say some of the like things are going on in your brain that you're like seeing trending or you're like, Hey, we really, we need to get on this wavelength or we should really start be thinking about this. I I see this um, trend coming or forecasting stuff. What would you kind of, what would be some of your last remarks there? Um, it's funny because I think one of the things that's so easy to do when it comes to social media is to, we try to duplicate and mimic what so many other people are already doing because we see their numbers are great. Their following is awesome. If I do it like them, then it's going to produce the same results for us. And that's just not the case. I have to constantly, every single day, I literally, before this podcast, I shot 15 reels before I came onto this podcast. Like I just did my hair, did my makeup, did all the reels that I could do. I'm going to go in and do some more after this. But one of the things I have to constantly remind myself is there's certain things about my personality. I'm a little bit sassy. I tell you maybe not what you like to hear, but what you need to hear. And I'm super like dorky and funny. And when I look at some of my previous reels, I don't have that side of me come out. And most social media platforms, even Instagram has outwardly said, we're looking for more original content. They want to hear you. They want to see you. The people that are, have the largest follow, followings. I mean, look at Addison Ray on TikTok. She has 88 point something million followers. And the girl posts a video of her putting on lipstick. Like that's it. She just puts on lipstick and she's done. And it's like, that was five second video and it had 33 million views. People just want to see the person behind the brand, the person behind the product, the person behind the service. If you're funny, if you're dorky, if you're quirky, if you're stuck up, if you're snobby, if you're rude, if you're direct, it doesn't matter what your personality type is. There's an audience for it. And I think that's what we need to remember. And that is what is going to be trending in the future. That's what you're going to see really take off is people that own who the hell they are and are bold enough to show up, even if it's nitty gritty and just being themselves. So, yeah. This reminds me of a recent conversation I had with my marketer. And um, sometimes, you know, you get so in your head or so in things you forget your own stuff she's like Aaron I thought you already knew all this stuff it's like well I do know that and I tell my clients that but like I forgot it for me you know and she was like okay you're great at like going on and talking about you know money mindset money management and giving these tips and talking she's like but like you never show you like you never like we want to see your house we want to see your kids we want to see your like vacations and all of the fun things that you're doing all the time like you have this beautiful fun life but you never show it and I'm like Oh yeah, that's right. Like I just thought, I forgot, you know, it's just like 
silly, but people buy from a person. They don't, they, they want the, that connection. They want that. They need that like no trust factor in order to choose to work with you versus somebody else. And so something so simple, like, thank you for bringing that to our forefront of like, be you unapologetically you showing up. And I think that people, your right people will find you and love you. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. I mean, you're, we're all going to have people that don't like what we put out. Like just, I mean, go in knowing that you're going to make people mad. People are not going to agree with you. If you have two kids, you're going to have people that wish you had no kids or people that wish you had three kids. And you're like, I can't help it. I'm stuck with two kids. That's all I have. That's all the Lord blessed me with. So it's just really funny because you're just not going to make everybody happy. But as long as you're having fun in the process, that's all that matters. I literally took a month off this past month, October, because I was sick and I was beating myself up because I was not producing content. I was not showing up for my, my paid membership community the way that I had promised to. And I just had to remind myself that like, it's okay. I'm human. I am not some like robotic content producer, mass media person. Like I am just a human and it's okay to take a pause, regroup. And if showing up at that time for me was like once a week or every few days, okay. So we just need to embrace the, it's okay. I love that. Thank you for giving me that permission and giving yourself that permission and the listeners that permission. I think that's so key. And I think people feel the energy, like when you love something, like you were saying, if you love it, like do it, you know, like I, I don't know exactly how, how well this podcast will eventually be and blah, blah, blah. But you know what? I come out of this recording booth, like beaming, like I'm like, and I've told my husband and my Um, my market like I love this this is so fun you know and enjoy the ride enjoy the the journey I think and trust that the results will come especially as you're being consistent and strategic and thank you for that reminder and grounding us yeah let me say one more thing because you mentioned your podcast you know I have, I have a podcast too and you're gonna be a guest on mine but like I remember when I when we I say we because my husband was a podcaster with me at the very beginning of our podcast until he jumped ship and we pivoted on what the content was. When we initially started the podcast, and I want you to think about this in regards to the content you're producing. When you're gone, okay, we no longer, unfortunately, do photo albums like our grandparents did, like our parents did. Like some of us do, but like everything's so digitized these days that everything's on digital. So what legacy do you want to leave behind? I lost my dad when I was six years old. If my dad did a podcast back in the day and I could hear him talking, whether it was to somebody else or just somebody in general, I would be probably listening to it every single day just to hear his voice. So stop thinking about who's looking at your content who's going to buy your products, who's going to opt into your next event or your next course, like start thinking, how can I show up so that I'm left, me, I'm left behind and I'm creating this digital footprint 
for my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, and I'm leaving this legacy of content behind, whether it's funny, stupid, you know, argumentative, whatever it might be, but you're leaving behind this legacy. So this podcast that you're doing, like, it's going to be so awesome for your children. And I just think about the same thing with my own kids, like moving forward. Um, It's just awesome. So just think of content that way. I love that. And I think that that, you know, out of that flows beautiful results and focusing on like your impact and focusing on how that legacy that you want to leave behind is, is the main thing I think to focus on. I love that. Let's do some rapid fire questions as we, Oh no. You ready? Okay. Um, What's your earliest memory of money? How has it impacted you? Oh, oh man, this is going to put me on the spot. Okay. I honestly, I come from a family that was not short of money. Um, Very entrepreneurial, very well-off family. So my earliest memory of money, and this is just going to sound so horrible, but it is what it is, is that we weren't lacking it. So I think that when I was on my own for the first time and it wasn't just there, that was a really big wake up call for me, Mm. a really big wake up call. And you shared some of that story with us. Yeah. Um, what is a money moment you're most proud of? Oh my gosh. Coming through that, that debt moment of my life. Cause yeah, even though I might've come from a family with money, I did not seek out help in that moment. Um, I literally had to dig myself out my myself. So I would say that is the moment I'm most proud of. If I were to give you a hundred thousand dollars right now, what would you do with it? Oh my gosh, I would invest it. And when I say invest, I would probably buy land or like we want to do like Airbnbs and homes and stuff. So I would go into probably real estate with it for sure. You know, that speaks my language. (laughs) That's what Brett and I are doing, baby. If you were being real bougie, what would you splurge on? Okay. So really funny thing about me. Um, I do not get off on like Louis Vuitton shoes and like, or not, I was Christian Louis Vuitton and Louis Vuitton handbags and all that stuff. I just don't get excited about those things. I get excited about experiences. So I would say a vacation, a really bougie. Where would you go? <sighs> Probably Bora Bora, Bali. I don't even know. Dubai, do it up, like something just really fun. And I don't know, I might go a few places. I might just like travel to a bunch of different places. I love yeah. it. Well, thank you, Whitney, for coming on the show, for being so transparent about your own journey, the challenges that you faced and how you overcame them. And also for just kind of giving us this resetting, this grounding around marketing and growing and how to do it with authenticity and, um, yeah, that will eventually just lead to beautiful results in in legacy. And of course in business growth as well. So this is just a joy. Thank you for for coming. Oh my gosh. You are so welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And for anybody that's listening, jump on over to my podcast too, because Erin's going to be a guest over there and I cannot wait. No, I'm excited. So can you, as we wrap up and as people 
are leaning in, can you share where can people find you? I know you have a podcast, you've got a community, you've got yeah. all the things. So share where people can find you and we'll make sure to link that in the show notes as well. Yeah, absolutely. So my old brand, which I said I was rebranding was social savvy influencer. That is no more. You can find me at the Whitney K on pretty much all social media platforms. That's me personally, as far as my agency, it's Eden underscore agency or the Eden agency. Um, and Eden is spelled I D E N. Um, and then my podcast is Uno Moss podcast. It's a play on words with my husband and my, our last name is Moss. So it's U-N-O-M-O-S-S, Uno Moss Podcast. I love it. Okay, we will make sure to hook that all up in the show notes and with your new branding and everything like that. Thank you. Thank you so much for this conversation, for being so transparent with your story and helping us just realign our marketing efforts to bring us joy and legacy and business revenue. Awesome. Thank you so much, Erin. It's been a blast. Are you a creative entrepreneur looking for next level support when it comes to your money mindset and management? It's time to get on top of your numbers once and for all. Do you want to upgrade your lifestyle, make a bigger impact in the world, or gain more time back into your day? Your big dreams are all coming back to one thing, money. So I've developed a secret sauce money matrix formula to combine the power of an abundance mindset with money management tools specifically for creative entrepreneurs like you. Stop hiding from your numbers and start getting strategic. Head to www.erinbridgman.com to learn everything you need to know about my coaching programs. It's time to completely transform and change the way you view and manage money so you can show up like the wealthy woman you are meant to be. Apply to work with me one-on-one at www.erinbridgman.com.